Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Some more church. Amen. God's doing something here. Does anybody else feel it? God's doing something, and I'm excited for what he's going to do tonight. <clears throat> so I don't know 100%. Uh, you may be seated. I don't know 100% what it is that God's doing, but I know that God's doing something because I feel with all of my heart that this message is from God. With 100% confidence, I've never felt it like this in my life, so I hope that I can convey this properly. Um, so... What I want to talk about is more of like, a, it's, it's not really um, a subject, more it's, it's technically an attitude, a mindset, if you will. And that's the attitude of, let's get ready to rumble. It's a familiar phrase that we're all, we're all familiar with. And so I want to go really quick to a couple verses, Romans 8.31. I don't want to lose the momentum of what God's doing here. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, how many know that's true tonight? That if God be for us, who can be against us? Not any devil, and for sure not any person can come against us when God is on our side, and he definitely is on our side. Amen? Amen. Matthew 16, 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So not only who can be against us, but the gates of hell cannot prevail. Hey, that's good to know, isn't it? Amen. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I don't know about you, but when I read those, what I get out of that is that there's not a thing, not a person, not a devil, not a circumstance that can stop the church. But furthermore, there's nothing that can stop you as an individual so long as you're a part of this church. Amen? Come on, is anybody thankful to be on God's side? Is anybody thankful to be on the side of grace tonight? Is anybody thankful to be on the side of mercy? Come on, is anybody thankful to be on the side of victory tonight? That's our God. That's our God that we serve. Amen. After hearing a few sermons recently on, on an unstoppable church, if you remember that, and hearing a sermon that the, of about a gospel that changes people. And then we heard a sermon about an unshakable church. After hearing these sermons and being moved in my heart, my confidence had been restored to a whole new level. And then to make it worse for the devil, we had a youth service recently, a couple weeks ago. And do you know what happened? We had 27 young people show up that night. 27 young people that came to youth on a Thursday night. And something inside of me rose up and these words came to mind. Devil, let's get ready to rumble. You see, because he thought he had a hold on young people in this region. But 27 young people showed up and inside of me I said, God, I'm going to fight for those 27. You see, and it's instilled in me. It's instilled in me now saying, if the enemy wants to fight, if it's a, it's a fight, he's going to get 
seeing those young people and after hearing those messages did something in me that I believe God wants us all to have. And that's a restored confidence in his work and his plan for the church and his plan for you in that. After hearing that this thing that we're a part of is not going to stop just because the world comes out with this and that. And hearing that this church doesn't change its gospel that changes lives just because some people don't want to hear it. And hearing that this church doesn't shake because a group of society gets louder. Because if the devil wants to rumble, this church is going to fight. This unstoppable church is ready to rumble over with the enemy over the hurt and broken people in this city. Because we've got a reminder tonight. This is not a new revelation. This is not a surprise to any of you. In fact, I'd wager that many of you have heard this similar statement before. You're not hearing this for the first time. This is just a reminder. There's verses like, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if God be for us, who can be against us? It's verses like that that are there to do one thing. And that's to restore faith and confidence to those that are hearing God. We serve a God that is the God of victories. And I believe that. They exist to remind us that our God is the God of victories. There's not a storm to be afraid of when your God is the God of victories. There's not a trial to be worried about when our God is the God of victories. There's not a situation that could happen in your life that you need to worry about when our God is the God of victories. We have the ability to withstand it. And it's because God is for us and God is for you. I want to take you back to Samson that we talked about recently in Judges 15, 18 and 19. And he was sore thirst talking about Samson. And Samson called on the Lord and said, thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. And now I shall die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name, therefore, Enachor, which is in Lehi unto this day. See, Samson just wins a great miraculous victory. That's why he was so athirst. And he, this is a victory that he could not have won if God wasn't for him. It's one he could not have won if the gates of hell could prevail. It's one he could, have, he could not have won if he didn't have the power given by God to tread on the enemy. But he, like us, had all that and won the battle. But afterwards, after this win, after this victory, after this miraculous battle, he has the audacity and the ignorance to follow up with, did you give me this victory so that I could just die of thirst and fall into the hands of the enemy? How silly to think that God would give you a victory only for you to fall afterwards. It's one of the biggest and dumbest tricks you could fall for to fall after a victory. I'm sorry if that sounds rude, but see, our God is the God of victories. And for us to have victory after victory, he did not bring you from your past just so you can fall into it again. He didn't give you the power to tread on serpents so you can go and play with the snakes. He didn't give you, he didn't say the gates of hell could not prevail just so you could get as close as you could to it. It's silly to think that. In Deuteronomy 20, the Bible says, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots and people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. 
You see, the God that brought you out of the miry clay, the God that brought you out of bondage is here and he's with you. He's on your side. It's the God that brought you from what you were doing into this place. And with that God, that same God, there's nothing to worry about. In verse, in Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, it continues, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Not only do you just have to face this battle alone and God's afar off, but no, the Bible says that he goes with you to fight this battle to save you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it for his people then, he'll do it for his people now. See, God gave Samson that victory. And Samson got a little thirsty. And he started in on this whole woe is me mentality. This whole like, oh, help me mentality. Now, sometimes that happens in life. Sometimes we get thirsty. And we come in here a little down and out. But the Bible says in John 4, 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You may be thirsty now because you've been fighting this and you've been fighting that and you had to deal with that and then this came up as soon as that ended. And that's exactly how it seems in life that there's this situation after this situation. It's not just one thing it's at a time. It's one thing after another. Isn't that how it seems? And so you come into this place a little down and out, and you come into this place a little thirsty. But I want to remind you tonight that there's Jesus here, and he gives us a promise of a well of water springing up in everlasting life. You can find rest here. Amen? You can feel revived here. Amen? It's God's will that none should perish. So don't let yourself die from lack of water because you have access to Jesus here. Something I want to add is Samson thought he would die after that victory because he was so thirsty. But how dumb would it be to think that God gave us this miraculous building just for a few souls? And don't misunderstand me. I'm grateful for what God's doing in the lives of the people that have been coming. But Samson asked for water after the victory the way that we've been asking for revival. And it's just a reminder, again, it's nothing new, but revival is still here. It never went away. We had 27 young people that Thursday night, and I'm sick of that mentality that revival is like a leaky faucet. That revival just comes in little spurts and waves and all that. And I don't believe that for a second. I believe that revival is a constant flow because God would see everyone saved. And what the fault is, is sometimes it's our humanity. Sometimes it's us. So revival is certainly flowing here. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that we've got victory. I believe God's doing something here by telling us we're unmovable, we're unshakable, and we're unstoppable. And here I'm trying to tell you it's time to get this in our spirit to let's get ready to rumble because the enemy doesn't want that to happen. The enemy's out there thinking he's got a grip on something. But he's going to wake up for a surprise here soon. Revival's happening here in Connect Point UPC, but it's not going to happen without a fight. Let me just say this real quick. And I'm not saying it. Thank you, Brother Braun, for your compliments. Um, but I'm not saying it just so, you, so someone can come up and say, you're doing a great job. Don't worry about it. It's not that. I'm trying to make a point. The truth is, is that I'm not, the, I'm an all right youth pastor. All right, I'm an okay youth pastor. I could be better in many ways. I could read more. I could pray more. I could study more. I could plan better. 
Um, and God knows that I've had my struggles, but I may not be the best and God knows I'm not the wisest, but I understand something and that's that I'm the one that's here. And if the devil thinks he's going to get these young people, then he's mistaken because I'm the one that's here. And if anybody's going to fight for these young people, it's going to be me. And we're the church that God put in this city. And we're the one church that's teaching proof. We're the one God apostolics. And if there's a church that's going to fight for this city, it's going to be this church. And it's going to be now. It's going to be here. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, I believe that God wants us to step up even further, not only just knowing what we're capable of, but it's time to put the gloves on. It's time to step into the ring. You see, that's the first step in, fighting, in winning any fight. Besides putting on the gloves and all that, the very first thing you have to do is you have to show up. See, and a lot of times we're, to, we're, we're down and out. We're, we, we're lacking in some faith. A lot of times we come into this place, like I said, we're just worn down from life. But the very first thing you do is you just got to show up here because then you show up here and there's Jesus here. And then we begin to sing and we begin to worship and you begin to feel that water of everlasting life flowing. You must have not heard it. I'm sorry. So we may not be the biggest church and we may not have the money other churches have. We may not have the lights and whatever, but as the church that's here, we have a responsibility. Amen. So how about it? Ministry leaders. Are you ready to rumble over the lost and hurting in this city? Are you ready to rumble for the boys and the girls, for the men and for the women, for the people needing rides, for those with hurts, habits, and hangups, for the young people, for those that need a caring hand, for the kids in our Sunday school, for the kids in our children's church, and for the kids getting connected, for those that are in or will be in Elements class, for those that are first-time guests, for those who enjoy the worship music. Come on, ministry leaders, are you ready to rumble for those that are under your ministry? I just listed every ministry that's here. Are you ready to rumble for those that need Jesus? I believe with all my heart that God is doing something in this church. And that's why he's given me this word. Because in these times, we cannot afford anybody to be on the sidelines. It's time that we all get in this fight. We can't afford anybody to just be outside or one foot in or just spectators. Even if you're not a part of a specific ministry, just pick one. Just pick one and start praying for it. See, we've all got one goal. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We've got one goal as a body and we've got one mission. So we got to take this message anywhere and everywhere we can and support our ministries. Forgive me for the personal reference, um, but I was talking to a coworker recently, and this coworker likes to talk about God, and that's great. That's awesome. And so we're talking, and a couple other people began to join in in this conversation, and that conversation ended with, with, all, with a couple of them saying, hey, we should do a Bible study over our lunch. And I, I got so excited because I began to think what I want to tell you now. Who said that young people were the only ones allowed to do Bible studies in their school? Huh? How about it, adults? Why, not? Why aren't we doing Bible studies with our coworkers? Why aren't we trying to get those things started? See, if there's anybody else here that would love to see a coworker, come on, give me a little one of these. That would love to see a coworker come to the house of God. See, I believe God wants us to do that, to get the gloves on and say, you know what? I've known them for a while now. I've been working them for, with them for a while now. Brother Kenny, I believe we're going to get them here. Yeah. 
We're going to get him here. And say, I care. He's such a good guy. These are awesome people. These people need Jesus the way I needed Jesus. And someone shared it with me. But it's time that we just stop thinking it and saying it and saying, oh, souls are important. It's time to put the gloves on and say, let's get ready to rumble and start sending prayers their way and start calling their name because they need this just as bad as we needed it then. The Bible does say that ye are the light of the world. Amen. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. But if all you do is let your light shine in one place, there's places way out there that are never going to see it. If all you do is keep your light in one spot, in just your family, in just your friend circle, then there are others out there that are never going to hear it. We need to go into this city and let that light shine with everybody that we come in contact with. And that's what I've come to come to know with these coworkers is I'm tired of just telling people I'm comfortable with about Jesus. I want to tell people that I barely even know that, hey, there's a church over there on on Highway 14. It's up on a hill. It's really pretty. You should come. The children of Israel came to a promised land in Numbers 13. 30. And the Bible says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. See, that, that right there, that we are well able to overcome it, is that let's get ready to rumble mentality. But the men that went up with him said that we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they, bought, they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Excuse me. And so we were in their sight. That's the most faithless verse, I think, in this, in this whole chapter, that we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Has anybody ever made that statement like, oh, you made me feel so small? That's what he's saying, is that he was so insecure that he felt like grasshoppers, that they were so small. And this is what we cannot be in these last days. We have a God that has shown us the miracles, and we have seen the signs, and we have seen the wonders. We've heard the messages. We've been told what we need to be told. We've experienced the love, the grace, and the mercy, and we found a place here that never makes us thirst again. And I don't want to be like those in that moment that say, we cannot reach this city. I don't want to be like those that says it's, there's too many bars. There's too much stuff to overcome. There's too many addicts in that place. We're never going to reach it. I don't want to be like one of those. And that's not what we ought to be. Chapter 14. After this, the Bible says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. All of Israel, all the congregation of Israel, all of the people, they all wept and cried. And what this tells me is that not a single person out of the thousands not just the 10 that were negative and the two that were positive. They sent 12 spies. And not, not just the two, but not just the 10, but not anybody else had faith either. Not a single other person was like, oh, but I thought God said that we could take it. I know I didn't go and see it, but I thought God said. Not a single other person said anything. And you see, they all wept that night. No one had faith. They were so down. And you see, that was the wrong sound. 
There should have been a sound of victory throughout all of Israel for the land that they were supposed to have right there and right then. And I believe that this church, if we can get a hold of this message, if we can get a hold of this mindset of let's get ready to rumble, I believe that we will hear the sound of victory, that we will hear the sound of revival. Does anybody want to be a part of that? Can anybody stand like Caleb and say, let's go at once. Let us go and take the land. We're well able to overcome it, to say that this is our city and we're going to fight for it. God didn't give us a building to sit idle on a hill. Yes, it's a nice location. Yes, it looks good. But if location was enough, please understand me, if location was enough, we would have never been able to buy this building because it would have been packed full if location was enough. But it's not enough to exist in a great location. We need to go out and possess the land that God has given to us because we're here now, and I don't want to miss the opportunity like the children of Israel did and have to go back to the wilderness. See, we've heard the messages. It's our time and it's our hour. Is there anybody else that believes it with me? That we can do this here and now. That there's other young people that need reach. There's my coworkers that want to be here. I don't want to miss our opportunity. I don't want to have to, this hype that we have right now, I don't believe it's just hype. I believe that God's trying to push us. God's trying to take us there. And with this message, God's trying to say, this is the cherry on top for us to go after it. And I believe that with all my heart, but if we miss this now, who knows when we're going to get this again? I don't want to miss it. I want to switch gears a little bit now because... I understand that there are two areas we need to fight in. And I want to change the focus real quick from outer to inner. I always wondered how difficult it was to take a drink at the pulpit. Now I know. <laughs> See, it's, it's easy. It's easy to, to prepare for the battle when there's spiritual hype. It's easy to get a shout in your spirit when there's others around you shouting. It's easy to get a praise in your voice when there's spiritual highs everywhere and everyone's shouting. But not everybody's the same. And not everyone fights the same battles. And some of us are affected more than others by this and that that's happening in the world. So on an individual basis, the enemy is trying to bring us down because he can't attack the church as a whole. I don't believe he's got that much power. But if he can get one person down. A ministry leader, for example, if he can get that one person down, it affects the whole ministry. There's a lot of families, if he can just get one person down, and that's his tactic. And if you allow circumstances and situations to bring you down, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to be down. You're going to be worn out. You're going to be full of sorrow. You'll be hurt, and you'll be afraid. But David writes, while he's on the run, he's in a bad situation. He's in a very unfortunate situation. He's on the run from his own son, Absalom. And in Psalms 3, I want to go through this. Lord, how, they, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. And that already is relatable because how many times, like I said earlier, is there more than just one thing? He said, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. It seems it's always in multitudes. 
This is at home, and this is at work, this financial stress. And so we're already able to say, yes, I relate to that. Verse 2, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And again, that's relatable because there's so many voices we're surrounded by every day that would try and dethrone God in our lives. There's always doubts. There's always discouragements. But we still make our way into this place. And that's the first step, like I said earlier. As long as you can get to the house of God. Yes, many are they that trouble you. Many situations are out there. A lot of things are persecuting. But if you can just make your way in here, you don't even have to worry about the tie. You don't have to worry about the jacket. You don't want to have to worry about your appearance. If you can just make it in here, Jesus is here waiting. Jesus is here with some peace. No matter how bad the storm is, no matter how messed up it looks, as long as you can make it here where Jesus can say peace unto your storm. In verse 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. The lifter up of my head. If you can just make it here. If you can just make it here. Verse 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Aren't you grateful that he hears you? Verse 5, I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me, meaning that he gives rest. Verse 6, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone, that thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord, thy blessing is upon thy people. The blessing of God is upon his people. With this knowledge, we're able to say, okay, devil, enough is enough. I've been down for too long. You thought you could keep me here, but let's get ready to rumble. And it's with that knowledge that any mom in here can say, devil, my babies aren't yours. If anybody's going to fight for them, it's going to be me. And all the dads in here, were as the head of the household, if anybody's going to fight for those, for your kids, it ought to be you. And if you don't fight for your babies in prayer, and if you don't fight an intercessory prayer, then who will? See, this church prays. I know it does. We all know it does. We felt the prayers. But it's your prayers that are going to matter. It's your prayers that are going to fight that fight. The devil's picking the fight with your family. Are you able to stand up and say, all right, I'm going to do something about it? Or how about your spouse, your wife, or your husband? If you don't fight for them, then who will? See, it's time that this attitude filled the hearts and the minds of every person that's here. And if the devil wants a fight, he's going to get a fight. We can have the music come at this time. See, I believe if God's going to take this church to that level, if God's going to move us, it's not only just for the city, but it's for our friends, it's for our families, and it's for you. And time to say enough is enough, devil. You've had your time to play. You've had your chance. You've done what you've tried to do, but I'm still here. I've still made it into this place. And many of you can relate to the statement that, yeah, I've had my battles, but I'm still here. Because I put on the gloves and I said, if you want to fight, devil, we're going to get a fight. If we can have the music come. It's time that we say, 
Like Brother Brom said this morning, he quote, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See, it's not a carnal weapon that we have. It's just an almighty God that we have. It's just a God that never loses on our side. It's just a God that's never lost a battle. It's just a God that has nothing to worry about. It's just a God that can move mountains. Come on, somebody, you're not hearing it. I'm saying that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal because we've got an almighty God on our side and he's standing back there fighting the fight for us. He's with us always. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, let's all stand this morning. See, I believe there's some battles that need to be fought here tonight. I believe there's some battles, and you may pick whichever battle you want. I believe these battles are going to be won. Acts 1, verse 8, and this is my last verse. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Spirit of God is in this place. We've been saying his name all night long, and his name is Jesus, just so we don't mix it up. And if Jesus is in this place, if two or three are gathered together in his name, God is assuredly in this place. I don't want you to miss it. And if God is here, then there's some victories that can be had. So as you make your way to the front of this building, think about those victories that you're going to have. I don't want there to be any doubt. I don't want there to be any confusion. Our God is the God of victories. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I believe it with all my heart. And I believe there's somebody here that needs to get it in their spirit that says, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of playing games with the enemy. It's here now. I'm here now at this moment. And if devil, you want to fight, you're going to get a fight. My Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you, and we hope you have a great week.